0: Welcome to The Connected Generation, my name is Nikia Amani and I am your host. Here on The Connected Generation, we explore all things legacy wealth and legacy businesses, how you can build businesses and wealth that would outlive the founder and have sustained impact over time and over space. And we have these conversations with genuine curiosity, authenticity and vulnerability This week is different, you guys. There's no guest. I am the guest. (laughs) This is my show. And for those that have been regular listeners, you might not know that actually I started off this journey just with conversations, solo conversations with you. And I've really, really missed that. And actually, I'd been threatening for some time, like, oh, I'll sit down and just have a conversation with you guys. But life has just been life. (laughs) For those that don't know, um, last summer in July, my family and I, we relocated from Lagos, Nigeria to Austin, Texas. And yo, I seriously underestimated just how challenging that move would be. Um, Making transitions personally, making transitions professionally, and honestly, probably the most challenging for me was mentally. And that's a whole conversation for another day and I'll probably do a solo episode on transitions just generally and how to really motivate oneself through them, who's the good and through the bad. But the whole point is that life has just been a whirlwind. But things have settled now and I'm so glad and grateful to have this place and space to just talk to you about what I've been working on my book lifetime to legacy. Writing this book has been the most challenging thing I have ever done in my life. (laughs) So I I write. I've been writing articles for a few years now. And when I decided I was going to write this book, I told myself, well, okay, I want to write about X and I want it to be about 45,000 to 50,000 words. And I was like, well, it's just like writing you know, fifty one thousand word articles, right? Very wrong. <laughs> Let's just say that that naivety was a blessing in disguise because had I known then what I know now, <laughs> I'm not sure we would be here, but it's been a journey of consistency, constant self-motivation and a lot of hard work. But Whilst it's been challenging, it's also been so rewarding and so fulfilling to see it all come together. And you can go on my website and see a picture of the book and I have a video on there where I share more about the book. And yeah, um, it's been so rewarding to see it come together and also see myself grow personally through the journey. There's been a lot of personal evolution as a result. I, it really reminds me of pregnancy and motherhood. And how it changes you completely, right? So, for some housekeeping before I forget, it will be available on sale on the 21st of June this year, 2022. And available on Amazon. I've included the link in the show notes so you can pre-order your copy. Um, I'd love for you to support. So, what is it and why did I write it? Lifetime to legacy. I... When I started my journey consulting business families, I found that there were very common themes. I was often approached by typically three sets of people, right? Most people that would come to me, I'd have conversations with, fell into one of these three sets of people. The first was a business founder, typically in their 60s or 70s that had spent a lifetime building a business that was really successful. But the founder could see that this season is about to change, right? And it's time to start thinking about what is next for me individually? And who is next in the business to take over as a leader? But often these founders literally didn't know where to start. Perhaps they considered one of their children to be next, but these children were not by their side, whether Physically or metaphorically, either they, had, they were geographically located halfway across the world in the West, um, or they had other interests, right? So they typically would have a lot of angst and concern and worry over, how can I preserve all the many years of my hard work, the wealth, and how can I move this from a lifetime Business to a legacy business, but they just didn't know how to go about it. The second group of people I would often be approached by were next geners, the rising generation, usually in their late 20s or 30s and had been working with their parents for some time, but were often very frustrated. (laughs) To put it lightly, there was typically this huge gulf, divide of expectations between themselves and their parents or divide of expectations in terms of mission. How do we go about in building this business? Often they would want to use more technology, take the business global, modernise, but would face reticence or outright resistance from the older generation who had grown so accustomed to doing things in a certain way and grown accustomed to taking decisions solo in a non-democratic style. And so the result of this is that often the rising generation question whether they could hack this whole family business thing and start to think about, do I leave? Do I start my own business or philanthropy or social impact project? And the last bucket of people that would often approach me were non-family staff and or advisors. And often these folks have been in the family enterprise system for many years, but may have found it very awkward at times. They may have been pivotal staff in the business. But maybe a family member came into the business and then they started to think, okay, do I have the wrong last name to actually succeed and be promoted in this business? Can I actually rise to the top? Or maybe they were long-standing advisors of the family, like legal advisors, accounting advisors, but have seen that there are family dynamics, succession issues or governance issues, but just don't know how to go about addressing those issues. And so I began to observe that when these people would approach me, they would often have this sense of shame, like, Oh, Nika, I'm sure you've not really seen much of this before, but my family business is not very organized. Or, I'm sure you haven't really seen much of this, but my father or mother is really having a hard time letting go. Or, I'm sure you've not really seen this before, but I'm really embarrassed about their not giving me more responsibility in the business. And, you know, like this sense of I'm the only one going through this. And firstly, I want to debunk that myth, you are not alone, you really are not. These questions, these challenges, these issues are completely normal. And secondly, I wanted to provide a starting resource to support families like yourself through these generational transitions. And generational transitions of family enterprises have so many moving parts, like we have to think about strategic business planning. We have to think about estate planning, wealth planning, which takes into consideration tax, investment. But we also, on the other hand, have to think about governance, which is basically a shared decision making mechanism. We have to think about leadership. We have to think about the next generation, their development. And we have to think about family education. And so the first set of areas I describe as technical and the second set I describe as relational. And I find that most people think that the solution is in the technical, when in reality, family enterprises need an infusion of both the technical and the relational. Perhaps the best way to really bring this to life is to give an example. So think about a founder who has built up a conglomerate of five family businesses in different industries. And he's thinking of how can I protect the family well so that it transitions successfully to my children? And so he calls up his long-standing lawyer, his trusted advisor, who has been advising the family and advising the business for many years. And the lawyer says, right, we need to draw up a will and we need to have a trust. And so they have conversations on, which assets are we thinking about? You know, where are they located? What are their valuations, etc. And so the lawyer finalizes the estate planning. There's a will in place. There's trust in place with a trustee, etc. And the founder signs all the documents. The founder moves on to another life. And he leaves this life with four children. Two children are married with kids. Two are not. He also le- leaves a spouse and an ex-wife. So of the children, only one of the kids has worked alongside him for 15 years in the manufacturing business and the other three have not. And so they have no direct relevant industry experience. And the other three, in fact, have never worked in a family enterprise before. So they have to navigate a lot of change. And in the trust, the four kids and his surviving spouse are now to be the beneficiaries of the trust, which will oversee all the family assets not just the five operating businesses but a whole bunch of real estate and a family foundation and now they have to take joint strategic decisions over these assets but aside from one of the kids like I mentioned the rest of the kids and the spouse have no experience in doing such yes dad would talk about the family businesses from time to time but honestly, they found it very confusing. There was a lot of interdependency between the individual operating businesses. There were loans in between them, there were shared assets, there was shared personnel. And so it wasn't really clear cut where one started and the other began, where one started and the other ended rather. (laughs) And there was no um, reporting mechanism. So no, no one had ever received a report on this business and the report on performance, etc. And all the siblings and their mum were wildly different. They had never come into partnership before, working together, taking strategic decisions together. And so they start squabbling, they start arguing. And it's really threatening the survival of the sibling partnership. So you can see that the lawyer focused on the technical without considering the relational Investing in the relational is absolutely foundational. And it is on that foundation that we build the technical upon. And so, what does that relational look like? So, it looks like during the lifetime of the founder, he or she investing in having quality conversations with his or her spouse or spouses and children on the the vision, the mission, the purpose, and the values of the enterprise not just getting bogged down in the tactical. And by tactical, that is, we made X sales last month, we'll open a new location, but we really get stuck in the why, which is what is the compelling reason why we as a family are in business together and where are we heading towards? And I like to think about this as a car journey. Before you jump in the car and start to drive, we need to really take time to understand where are we going? Which route are we taking? And who is coming along with us? So focusing on the tactical is like just jumping in the car to go, 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 go. But where are we heading to? How do we measure progress? Are we heading in the right direction? Are we in the company of the right people? Who knows, right? Also, the relational also looks like Carefully curating a decision making framework that allows for transparency and accountability so that we move from a solo decision maker to a collaborative collective style of decision making where we're able to draw upon the diversity of thought of all the family members making decisions in a very coherent manner having understanding of what types of decisions actually are made by the family or by whom, by committees, by the board, by management, by the family council, and what guides this decision making. And often this is a huge source of friction in family enterprises when decision making isn't clear, when it's not transparent, or when it's dominated by the founder, where Others may feel like they're spectators and they're not participants and they may feel silenced and start to resent not only the enterprise, but also the founder. And the key is we need to make a decision-making mechanism that allows for folks to move from merely coexisting to actually consciously co-creating. And the third area, what relational looks like, it looks like next generation the rising gen as siblings moving from being mere siblings to actively working on their partnership and that entails them understanding each other's strengths weaknesses experiences and then forming a cadence and culture for their team so let's think about competitive thought sports right in um, team playing sports no team plays on the pitch with all eyes on them, without having practiced, right? There's usually hours of practice behind the scenes, guided by a coach, and they know the strengths and weaknesses of each other, and they are placed into appropriate roles as a result. They have clarity of what does winning look like, and they communicate and they collaborate. So the team may not necessarily win every match, but they keep showing up in spite of that. They stay in the game because they're focused on their team mission. And we want to build something similar with siblings partnerships, being extremely intentional and deliberate about building this partnership during the lifetime of the founder in company of a coach, putting in the reps to improve. And so in Lifetime to Legacy, I go deep on all these elements and what I think would be super helpful is for me to hop on here once a month and just pick a theme and unpack a different theme and share more about that. One of which I am super excited about is about the African landscape. For those that don't know, I am co-founder of a non-profit membership organization, an association of family businesses, family offices and family foundations in Africa and the diaspora. And the research suggests that only 2% of Nigerian businesses in particular will successfully move from founder-owned to the next generation. So that means 98% of businesses, unfortunately, will not outlive their founders. And so I go deep on why I think that is. I go deep on the specific nuances of Africa, on her culture, on her family structure, on her business environment. And I unpack why I think Africans are actually poised for generational success and the relative advantages that we have. Very counterintuitive, I know. (laughs) But on the next solo episode, which will drop in about four to five weeks, I will share more and more about that. So as I mentioned, Lifetime to Legacy will be out on the 21st of June. You can check out the show notes to get your copy on Amazon. You can also check out my website www.nikeanani.com forward slash book to get a sample chapter so you can read for free a few chapters um, unpacking clarity, how to build clarity in your family, how to build communication and how to build collaboration. The three critical success factors for building a business that would move from lifetime to legacy. Thank you so much for tuning in. Take good care and God bless.